Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we'll be discussing Mithraism and Freemasonry. Now, when I lived in Oxford, I had the pleasure of the acquaintance of an Iranian Sufi, who was not only a PhD geneticist and cancer researcher, but also an author on Mithraism, as well as being a Freemason. One of his books was The Mysteries of Mithras. I'm sure you're thinking, that's very interesting, Matt, but what does this have to do with Freemasonry? Well, I think you'll be rather surprised. The cult of Mithras was brought to Rome according to Plutarch by Mithridates IV, and from there spread to Roman Britain under occupation. Now, one interesting parallel is that, Mith- that the Mithraic rites were male only. Not too much of a big deal back in Roman times, particularly as it was a popular cult in the military, but the adherents met in mysterious, for mysterious initiations at night in a purpose-built, usually subterranean building called a Mithraeum. So that's three rather interesting parallels. It's a far-stretched hypothesis that Freemasonry may have links to, to Mithraism, but if it's true, is there anything we know about Mithraism that could possibly be used to unlock the riddle of Freemasonry? So what is Mithraism? Mithraism was an extremely popular cult in Rome, which was of Persian origin. Mithra, the chief deity of the cult, was a personification of the sun and was most often depicted in taking part in the Tauroctony, the bull-slaying scene, surrounded by many animals representing the various constellations, such as the crow for Corvus and the snake for Hydra, with a bull, of course, representing Taurus. During these ceremonies, they would ritually reenact Mithraic scenes, and there were seven initiatory grades each relating to the seven heavenly bodies, these being Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, the Moon, the Sun, and Saturn. Advancement within the organisation would see the initiate become more like the tutelary deity of each grade culminating with Saturn. Mithras was only depicted, it was also depicted as tilting the axis of the Earth, thus dragging back the Sun through, uh, through the zodiac, i.e. the procession of the equinoxes, thus controlling fate. This concept of a stellar being richly enacted on Earth, leading initiates into spiritual life, did remind me somewhat of Freemasonry from the line of the, um, with the line from the second degree. Thus, by square conducts, level steps, and upright intentions, we hope to ascend to those immortal mansions where all goodness emanates. So, Brother Ed John, it's a little bit far-fetched to imagine a direct link to Freemasonry from Mithraism, but do you see any correlation between our rituals and any astrological symbolism? Is there a heavenly story or a star map encoded within Freemasonry? Well, as you say, I, there is a, a thousand, eight hundred, or perhaps even two thousand year gap between Mithraism and Freemasonry. So uh, a direct link is probably <laughs> uh, unlikely. Um, there was a um, point I wanted to mention about the uh, seven heavenly bodies, the order you gave them from Mercury, Venus, Mars to Sun and Saturn uh, is actually different from normal alchemy because uh, alchemy is, uh, in alchemy, Sun represents gold. Gold is the final uh, object of alchemy. And uh, of course, um, Mars represents iron. And it was often iron was the, the basis of metals. So that's represented by Mars. So Mars would have been at the beginning, ending in with the sun. So 
Um, I'm taking my list of the Mithraic heavenly ladder uh, from um, uh, Albert Mackey's revised Encyclopedia of Freemasonry, where he gives the, the lowest first step as being Saturn and lead, then Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, Mars, Moon, and finally gold and the sun. But again, in alchemy, this is uh, not uh, the, the normal order. Lead is not the basis metal. Iron, which represented by Mars, is actually the basis metal. And that may be one of the reasons, actually I think it is the reason, why um, a candidate is sometimes stopped in the lodge and asked to make a donation of something of a, um, a monetary or metal substance. And he says, I don't have it. The reason is because if he had anything metal, which is a base metal, he would have polluted the lodge. Um, we can uh, read about this in a, uh, a, a um, expose written in 1760 by somebody who we only didn't know his initials, which is W O, uh, what's it? <laughs> W O uh, V O, I think it is. Uh, he's a German living in England. He wrote a book called Three Distinct Knocks. And there, inside that, he explains why uh, iron should not be brought into the lodge. So mm -hmm. there is that connection with Freemasonry. Um, I, I explain this both in, in um, the Royal Arch book, but also in uh, Spiritual Alchemy. And so I think there is a connection. I think it probably from Mithraism through uh, Arabia into Europe as alchemy and ended up on uh, Sir Isaac Newton's desk or somebody's desk and finally found its way into Freemasonry. Yes, I agree. Although they might, they're, they're almost certainly not directly descended from each other. They're talking about the same topic, so there will be yeah. lots of correlations in, in subject matter. Yes, yes. So in summation, yes, there is, and no, there isn't. A little <laughs> bit from column A, a little bit from column B. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Brother Unshaw. And that just about brings this episode to a close. If you have any questions, please email on the link below. We're now part on the square, and we will meet soon. Thank you, and goodbye. Goodbye.